Praise the Lord, it's chat time once again. This week, we will continue our discussions of current events and scriptures. Praise the Lord. So we have been studying 1 Kings chapter 13, and we left off at, um, I think, verse 19. So what we're going to do is we're going to read from verse 20 of chapter 13 all the way to the end, which is verse 34. Yes, and it came to pass as they sat at the table that the word of the Lord came unto the prophet that brought him back. And he cried unto the man of God that came from Judah, saying, Thus said the Lord, For as much as thou hast disobeyed the mouth of the Lord, and hast not kept the commandments which the Lord thy God commanded thee, but camest back and hast eaten bread and drunk water, in the place of the which the Lord did say to thee, Eat no bread and drink no water. Thou carcass should not come unto the sepulchre of thy father. And it came to pass, after he had eaten bread and after he had drunk, that he saddled for him the ass to wit for the prophet whom he had 
brought back. And when he was gone, a lion met him by the way and slew him, and his carcass was cased was cast in the way, and the ass stood by it. The lion also stood by the carcass, and behold, men passed by and saw the carcass cast in the way, and the lion standing by the carcass, and they came and told it in the city where the old prophet dwelt. And when the prophet that brought him back from the way heard thereof, he said, it is the man of God who was disobedient unto the word of the Lord. Therefore the Lord hath delivered him unto the lion, which hath torn him and slain him, according to the word of the Lord, which he hath spanked unto him. And he spanked to his son, saying, Saddle me the ass. And they saddled him. And he went and found his carcass cast in the way. And the ass and the lion Standing by the carcass, the lion had not eaten the carcass, nor torn the ass. And the prophet took up the carcass of the man of God, and laid it upon the ass, and brought it back. And the old prophet came to the city to mourn and to bury him. And he laid his carcass in his own grave, and they mourned over him, saying, Alas, my brother. And it came to pass, after he had buried him, that he spanked to his son, saying, When I am dead, then bury me in the sepulchre wherein the man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones. For the same which he cried by the word of the Lord against the altar in Bethel, and against all the houses of the high places which are in the cities of Samaria, shall surely come to pass. After this thing, Jeroboam returned not from his evil way, but made again of the lowest of the people priests of the high places. Whosoever would, he consecrated him. And he, came, and he became one of the priests of the high places. And this thing became sin unto the house of Jeroboam, even to cut it off and to destroy it from off the face of the earth. Praise the Lord. So we ended uh, with verse 19 last week where th th that old man, that old prophet told a lie. Told a lie. And we were talking about um, when the Lord tells you to do something, you have to do it. You don't back up. You don't think it through. You don't say, mm, maybe that person is right. If somebody tells you something different, you when you just have to remember what God tells you and do it. Right, and it applies to the Word of God. And when you're reading the Scriptures and people come up and they come with something contrary to the Scriptures and they sound like they're so intellectual and, and they sound like they have the correct answer, but that answer is contrary to what's in the Scriptures, you have to hold fast to God's Word. And you have to know it has to be ingrained in you. It has to become a, His Word has to become a part of you. And it has, you have to be rooted in his word. So the Lord said, give us this day our daily bread. It's something that you do every day. You partake of the word. It's your sustenance. Now, what's really ironic is that that same prophet who lied 
to the man of God, the one who lied to him. They're sitting at the table and they're eating. And then he cried to the man of God that came from Judah. And he said, you disobeyed. Right, the Lord used him. You disobeyed. In you chastisement. keep the commandment which the Lord thy God commanded thee. But you came back and you ate and you drank where the Lord said, don't do it. Don't eat. Don't eat bread. Don't drink any water. So now because you did that, your carcass is not going to come unto the sepulcher of the fathers. You're not going to be buried where you came from with your people Right. as a result. I, I can't even imagine what this man of God thought he, at that time, at that moment. I mean, because sometimes when you're told something from the Lord, he knew. You're, you're um, I mean, he knew. He was. It was no need argument. Hairs raise up on your arm, right? You know, because you know what you know, what you know, you know. What it you it was wrong. definite, right? It was final. He knew it. And so he went ahead and he ate the bread. And after he he drank the water, he saddled saddled up and um, he went on his way. And so he got right. And the Lord allowed him to, right to be slain. So by a lion. Mm-hmm. Now, so it says in verse twenty-four, a lion met him by the way. But you know that I can't even imagine a lion doesn't just meet you; he slays you. Right. <laughs> so he probably tussled. I doubt it. I don't, I don't think he had a chance to do much of anything except die. So I, I, when he probably was going along, he probably didn't know how he was going to die. He just knew that he was going to die. That the Lord was going to pronounce judgment. He didn't know if it was going to be where he lived, but that he just wouldn't get buried with the people uh, with his own kind. He probably didn't think it was that soon. He might not have. He might not have. I don't think he had a chance. I believe when the lion met him, that was it. He just knew. He probably saw his whole life flash before. And the carcass was cast in the way. So I can imagine that the lion just took took his paw and pushed it aside like, it, like right. he was a piece of dirt or something right and, like and he, stood he there and the, and the lord did not allow the lion to leave he had to stand there and he did not allow the lion to attack the Eat to attack the animal for, for food he had to stand there so he stood there and and he's like guarding it i don't know but, so men are coming by and they saw this sight. So they saw the body and the lion standing next to the body. And uh, they went back and they told the old prophet. And when the um, he heard of it, and he just knew that that man who was disobedient to God, mm-hmm. I knew he, he, shouldn't have, he shouldn't have come back with me. He shouldn't have listened to me, but he did. But here's the thing about it. That's why you always go by God's word. You be without excuse. When you know what's right and the Holy Ghost is leading you and then you allow yourself to be swayed by someone lesser than because if you don't obey the truth, you're, not, you're definitely going to obey a lie. Now, this, this old prophet, he still had a chance. He had a chance to go down to Jerusalem if he felt like it. He had a chance to offer up his trespass offerings, his sin offerings, his peace offerings. So he still had a chance, which is why you might end up messing up and might not have a second chance to get it, to correct it. But here, this person ended up lying, and then the Lord used him to prophesy and to, to the prophet 
that disobeyed about his own doom, and, and yet this person still had an opportunity to go before the Lord and to get it straight. So you want to stand on God's word. You want to stand for yourself. You know, some of the very people who, are, who cause other people to fall or cause them to sin, those people sin and go on into perdition, and the people that cause their downfall still have an opportunity to repent and get themselves straight and get it right with God. So you should always hold on to the Lord for yourself. Not trying to please man, but try to please the Lord. And I thought that just went through my mind are all the people in prison, you know, all the things that they did, and the people that didn't end up in prison, all the things that people have done. They still, you know, they maybe have murdered somebody or, or something. And, and they, they have, a chance. have a chance to repent and get saved. Right. And if you were on the receiving end, if you're the victim that was murdered, you, you, if you trusted in the Lord and yet your life was taken, your soul is saved. But for the person who didn't trust in the Lord, you're going on into perdition and the person that killed you still has a chance to get themselves right with God. So anyway, when that old prophet heard about that, he told his sons, go saddle up. And um, so they went. And sure enough, there he found the cart, the body. And you know it was God because he moved the body. The lion still didn't do anything. Right. So he saw the body. He saw the lion standing next to the body. He saw that the lion did not eat anything, any part of that body. Nor did he kill the ass that the, right. the prophet rode on. Mm -hmm. So he took up the, the body of the man of God, laid it upon the ass, and he brought it back and came to the city to mourn and to bury him. And, and he put him in his own grave. You know, so he buried him. So the prophet uh, that came from Judah never did get to see his family or where he came from. He ended up um, being buried with this other old prophet because this old prophet said that, told his sons that when I die, lay me right next to this man's bones. Right, because he said the prophecy was going to come to pass. And I think what he was thinking was, they're going to empty these graves out here in Bethel. You know, and maybe he was guilty of having done some of that. And he said, you know, lay him next to the man of God because he probably felt that if he was laid to the, next to the man of God, they would not mess with his bones. Because he didn't feel they would mess with the man of God's bones, and therefore he would be probably safe if he was laying next to him. You know, I'm thinking about, you know, it went from him telling... Um, in the in way in the beginning, he was telling um, Jeroboam mm -hmm. when he was about to um, burn incense on the altar, and then you know they, he stretched out his hand to grab that man of God, and his hand withered up. Mm -hmm. And then he begged for forgiveness. And well, well, he, he begged, begged for the healing, healing of his hand. Yes, you know, restore me, restore mm -hmm. me. And and the Lord did restore him because the prophet had interceded on his behalf. Mm -hmm. And you would think that that would have changed his heart no. when he went through. You something. would think, but but all he did was give credit to man. He still wouldn't give God the glory. It's, it's, it wasn't in him. So he's. So now we're reading verse 33, and it says, After this thing, Jeroboam returned not from his evil way, mm -hmm. but made again 
Of the lowest of the people, priests of the high places, whosoever would, he consecrated him. And he became one of the priests of the high places. And this thing came un became sin unto the house of Jeroboam, even to cut it off. So this started a whole, uh, it, it, like a domino effect for the kings after him. I think there right. were many kings after him that were as evil as Jeroboam, right. except for Ahab, who was even more evil. Well, evil. you had you had all the king of it, all the kings that resided over the ten tribes were evil. There was only one that the Lord said would have done good, and that was one of Jeroboam's, uh, I believe, sons that died as a child. But the rest of the kings that went to the throne, they didn't come to the throne trusting in the Lord, even though God gave them the opportunity to trust in him. They just didn't do it. So they either took the throne by assassination, you know, or somebody died in the war, but never because they were trusting in the Lord. For whatever reason, that spirit that Jeroboam started out with, whereby he wanted to keep the throne at all costs, it just... It was passed on from one king to the next. And it, and it reminds me of, like, people go through their tests and their trials, and they, and some are very fiery trials that they go through. And um, I believe that the Lord allows that to happen to people. You know, a lot of, a lot of them aren't saved. So that God can get your attention, so that you can change your heart and turn toward the Lord. So you would think that when Jeroboam's, hand was all withered up and stuck and stiff like a piece of wood that that would have opened up his eyes and said you know and then when it was healed that the Lord is so merciful and that would have changed him but a lot of people just don't change after they go through their tests and their trials they continue on with what where they left off. Because they don't have a fear of the Lord. That's why uh, even when the Lord was saying uh, chastisement, and people look at it as God being so uh, vengeful, and that the, like the Lord is so angry, when it really is his mercy and his grace. So he will send, say, a natural disaster. And people say, what kind of God would do that? A disciple, God is trying to get your attention so your soul won't be lost. But they, but, but they don't take it as that. What do they do? They blaspheme. They curse the Lord because they want to control the Lord. They don't want to humble themselves. They want God to, to basically answer the petitions the way they want them to be answered. Not because they fear the Lord. Not because they love the Lord. They just are opportunists. What, what can you get out of the Lord? That's how they view things. Almost as if God is their servant and as if they're God. And then, and then what... The head was like it trickled down. Everybody, everybody ended up following in his same footsteps. They saw nothing wrong with what he was doing. They see because they wanted to do evil themselves. Now, say for instance, if they if they had stood up and said, "Lord, he's just too, he's wicked. He he's leading us away from your truth." The Lord would have blessed Israel tremendously, but they wanted to sin. They wanted to be well, like I the think Gentiles. That's what the Lord told Jeroboam in the beginning. I think it's in chapter eleven. I think so. right that he would bless them. Eleven, the Lord told them that if you would just stop what you're doing, you'll be really blessed. But people can't, and a lot of people can't see it. It's it's, it's, it's a matter of faith. And so the Lord is saying, I know it doesn't look like it, but if you would just trust in me and not lean to your own understanding. 
I will deliver, but a lot of people can't see beyond their own eyes. Because it's, it's hard. It's hard because you've got your own will. The Lord gave a person their own will. And, and you have to submit it. You're sitting there thinking, will God do it? Won't he do it? Will he do it? I don't know. He said he was going to do it. And then two years pass. And no, he, nothing happens. And four years pass. Is he, did he say he was going to do it? I don't know. You know. Right. He, but when he does it, you would think that would establish something within you. Because when he, Jeroboam became king, the, the Lord didn't give him specific details as to how it was going to be done. But now that you see that it is done, but still, they somehow think they did this themselves. Or they somehow think, the people made me king. The people crowned me. And it's the same way here in these yet-to-be United States. You have people who think that they put the president in office when the Lord truly is, he has allowed it. Right. I was talking to somebody the other day about, you know, what's going on in politics and, you know, that there are people that are running for office and, and uh, you know, some are socialists and, you know, the person was saying, you want, people just don't get it. They don't understand. We're socialism. You don't want socialism in this country, you know, but um, people forget. Mm -hmm. They forget what we were founded on. Right. Or or they're lazy. See, I, this concept of some of a government providing things for you, that's, it, it, I guess if you're the type of person that wants something handed to you, maybe that sounds good. But to me, that's that enslaves you. That makes you indebted. You want to be able to work for something and earn it on your own. You don't want somebody taking responsibility for your home, your food, your clothing, because then you owe them. And that's how the government operates now. If you get something, a grant from the federal government for, or from the state or whatever, then they begin to dictate and give you rules that you have to abide by in order to receive all these things. And so, uh, socialism, it, they don't recognize your individual achievements. And, you know, and, and, and it's definitely not according to scriptures. I don't care how they look at it. When the Lord, he rewards a person, he rewards them according to what they're doing. He rewards that individual according to their works, according to what's in their heart, not according to what somebody else does. So this concept that you work for it, but somebody else gets paid for your labor is backwards. Mm -hmm. So there's a price of disobedience. There's a price for being disobedient to right. the Lord. And I don't know, sometimes you'll find out that it's way too late. You'll find out too late. And then you then you say, oh, I should have done it. I shouldn't have done this. Or I should have listened. Or I should right. have been obedient. I should have. Now you're stuck. Right. It's, it's like um, once you do something and it's not according to what the Lord told you, and you're not obedient it's almost it reminds me of um, you enter into one of these mazes or like one of these um, in the circus there's a uh, what do they call the like windows or mirrors and you the door opens up and you can get in but you don't know where you're going. You don't know what you're doing. It's like, right. and you don't know how to get out of it. Right. You know, you've seen people enter some of these mazes that were made out of hedges or corn or whatever, hedges, or, and they end up calling 911 because they're lost and they can't get out. They can't find a way out. And that's right. pretty much what it's like. Right. When, when you try to direct your own steps because you're not 
we're not made to direct our steps. We're, we're made so that we trust in the Lord. And that's what we're supposed to do. I remember after I had gotten off of that fast because the mother of the church, you know, she just reasoned it. She didn't say the Lord told her this. This was done with her own reasoning. Uh, and the Lord told me I had to do it all over again. So I was on the second seven-day fast. And I know uh, some of the saints came and they were telling me how hard it was. And I told them... Well, if I have to die fasting, I would have to have to just leave here fasting because I know what the Lord told me. I said, and it will not be a second time for me to make that mistake. I said, I'm not going to repeat that again. And so, and you don't know if you're going to get a second chance or another, another chance. chance, right? And so the Lord gave me uh, to do it again, and no matter what they said, I was going to do it again. Mm-hmm. Yes, praise the Lord, and let everything that has breath praise the Lord. This week's verse of the day comes from Colossians 2 and 6. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord, and let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, what was founded on the seas and established on the floods? The answer is, the earth. And that answer can be found in Psalms 24, verses 1 and 2. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. This week's food for thought is, what does the law of the Lord do to the soul? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought. 